0: blog talk radio good evening everybody and welcome to talking in circles i am clayton caudle with spencer cowan philip matthew here tonight we are reviewing the folds of honors quick trip 500 from the atlanta motor speedway in hampton georgia brad Kislowski was your winner his first win of the 2019 season a a the first race of this new package that NASCAR had to produce, that NASCAR produced here. We'll dive all into that. We'll talk about what we thought about the race, uh, who we thought was really strong, who really struggled, and uh, all that good stuff from the race weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero is the number to call for Talking in Circles tonight. Spencer, I want to get your thoughts on it. Brad Kozlowski with the win, holding off Martin Trix Jr. in the closing stages. What were your thoughts? They're on the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 from Atlanta Motor Speedway this afternoon. And Spencer, I can't hear you if you're talking there. So um, a very interesting race, Atlanta Motor Speedway, and, and uh, the last course first pack, new rule package here in 2018. I just thought it was a – in 2019, here. I just thought it was a very um, an interesting race from a lot of, of standpoints. You know, it certainly looked like the draft was much more prevalent at times, and then uh, certain instances here, and I, I don't know what what the whole deal is with, you know, everything going on as far as, um, you know, because there's a lot of controversy in that race. Mark Church Jr. was annoyed at, at, mainly at Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I read an article today, that Stenhouse was holding him up and, and not letting him have the bottom lane, and I love Martin Church Jr. I think he's good for the sport. I think he's a great driver, but there's a lot of problems. Talk about the, the lap cars, then not them not getting out of your way. I don't think the lap cars, especially when you're lap down like Stenhouse was and fighting for a lucky dog spot. I don't think he has to get out of his way there. If he's not blocking you like crazy to drive and, and do what he wants to do there, so I, I don't really understand that from Martin Truex Jr.'s perspective. I can understand when they block you and stuff like that, but um, you know, I, I do not I didn't quite understand um, what. Out there. Uh, you thought that. Uh, what did you think of, of that and that there, everything that went on with with The fact that the
1: fact that he was able to go and not only run the full distance, go and actually win the race was pretty big. Uh, I mean, at the end of the race, early in the race, or most of the race, it was Kyle Larson and Kevin Harvick. And then when you consider that both of them kind of went away, and then Brian Blaney got up there about 80 to go. I mean, Truex is there all day. But then right at the end, Keselowski made that, Restart late and was able to hold on. It was kind of a surprise to me. I was, I was actually had to get out of the house and my friend goes and lets me, oh big good job man, your boy won. I'm like what? And I had to go and check on social media to find out Brad won. So, I mean, I'm honestly very happy of course. So, but in, I was surprised that he did win here today. i mean, It's not because he couldn't win here. He's won here two years ago. Um, being a he knows how to win at all these uh, one and a half a lot of these one and a half mile racetracks, but was unexpected uh, in terms of the racing today you know I've kind of hit or miss, but you know we'll see at Las vegas next week. I think it'll be more of a a real a more of a test as to where this package really stands and uh what we're gonna see like from the tires and all that.
0: Uh, we can't wait to judge this package here until we get into Las Vegas Motor Speedway and everything that goes on with that. Because to me, the tire fall off at Atlanta Motor Speedway was a was a big factor in today's um, in today's race. You know, but it was interesting because I think there was a lot more adjustments as far as the adjustments seem to do a lot more with this package than they have in the past. And that was my biggest gripe. You know, when people are tweaking on packages in the past with this old package, it seemed like, sure, you could get closer, but you could never really gain on them all that much. During the race, it almost felt like during the race, where you won these races was Monday through Friday, Uh, and even maybe in the Saturday in practice and what you learned. Because when you got to Sunday, the changes that you made during the race, I always felt just seemed like they weren't really enough to – make a major difference in the package and make a major difference in how your car runs. That was in the old package. With today, I felt like a lot of the changes that were made um, were more than just tweaking. It was like a a track bar adjustment could do a lot to your car. And I think we saw that with Kevin Harvick, who was leading and was really up front and was really – looked like Kevin Harvick rolled there for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, things started to change. He made one bad adjustment, and that four car went away, and he finished fourth. Um, I don't think he was too thrilled with the package at all. I don't think any of the drivers really were too thrilled with the package today at all. Um, But, again, I I agree with you, Philip. I think we have to wait um, until we go to Las Vegas Motor Speedway here next week and look at at the package there, maybe even through Phoenix and Fontana at the West Coast Swing before we say, okay, this is going to work or this isn't (laughs) going to work. I definitely think that's something we need to look at um, moving forward. Spencer Cowan, you know, I want to get your opinion on today's race. What did you think?
2: I thought it was uh an exciting race. I thought it was a lot of passing. The only thing that's frustrate- frustrating frustrated is when you get behind the car you're you you just can't go anywhere. The dirty air was terrible all day long. And even if you were in second it was still terrible once you were behind the other car. And um but the package is definitely I know it's only one race but it shocked me how everything was go working. I thought it was gonna be way worse. Um, I don't think it was anything like the all-star race at all. and uh, I. But the leader was still able to pull away a good amount, and, but we all know clean air is key. But other than that, I thought, you know, it is the first race, but other than that, I thought the package was okay. And the outcome wasn't what I thought, what I wanted it to be, but it is what it is, and we'll just have to see this package, how it works moving forward. Yeah, there was a couple of guys in this race who
0: really – I thought really ran good today and, and should get a lot of credit for their runs today and how they performed. One of them was uh, the man who finished, I believe, in the ninth position, which is uh, Chris Busher from Prosper, Texas, driving for JTG Dollar Racing. A great run for him today. I thought he ran, he ran fantastic. I thought he, he looked good. Um, he was up in the top 15, top 10 all day long, finished in the top 10. His teammate Ryan Priest was having a top 10 run. Both of them were in the top 10. Um, for most of the day until Priest had his little issue with um, B.J. McLeod on pit road, which why he was pitting with the leader five laps down, you're going to have to explain that one to me, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I thought Priest and Busher looked good, and another guy I thought looked tremendous today until he had a flat tire that kind of took him out of the top ten was uh, Daniel Hemrick in the eight car. Daniel Hemrick looked fantastic today. He really ran strong. Um, I was really impressed with those three guys, Philip. You know, and it's funny because – you looked at, at the 47 and 37. This was their first true race with the Hendrick Motorsports Alliance, and it seemed to really play off for them because they really ran strong.
1: Yeah, I mean, Priest I mean, coming off of all the PR he got last week from his uh, days of thunder moves he made through those big wrecks and getting an eighth-place finish out of the Daytona 500, he really did a good job, and... Chris Buescher was making games at the end of last year with their package, with with the ECR engines and whatever, chassis, and the Hendrick Motorsports Alliance that they have, it looks a lot like how Ganassi's looked with the Hendrick Alliance. It almost seems as though they're outrunning Hendrick Motorsports, which is a whole other thing. I mean, that's what SHR used to do. And Tony won a championship, and then Harvick won a championship. And once Harvick won a championship, that that kind of relationship kind of soured after that, which kind of prompted uh, Tony and SHR's move to Ford. And when you consider how those four cars ran today, the one, the 42, the one, and then the 47 and 37, it was pretty interesting to see how they ran relative to the actual Hendrick Motorsports cars. In terms of Daniel Hemrick, it, he spun out on pit road early in the race and I was like, oh. I mean, all the RCR cars, it was like a disaster of the day, especially for Austin Dillon. Uh, he qualified really well and his, his highlight of the day other than moaning on the radio for not having the right kind of body for Atlanta was going and almost causing a wreck and mowing down somebody on pit road on Friday, going to start the third round, but qualifying trying to block Clint Boyer, uh, he dropped like an anchor. The 43 car was, was garbage. A 13 car fell down and ran where it usually runs it was garbage. The only RCR car that ran any good was Daniel Emmerich. And I'm not really surprised by that based on his talent and based on where they've been generally uh, where that team has been with uh, that crew chief even with no neck. Um, I mean the reality is that rookie battle is gonna be good, really good and it deserves a lot more attention than it's getting because those two guys are both wheelmen and they both can do some real uh, they could do some damage here in in this series and they're gonna be around for a long time. Uh, Chris Busher has always, I think, been underrated. Even when he won championships in both ARCA and, and the Xfinity Series, and now JTG Doherty has two legit drivers, and with the Hendrick Motorsports alliance, with the kind of money that they bring in for sponsorship, they they could be a surprise uh, entrant into the playoff uh, battle here, you know, a few months on down the line.
0: Yeah, and I think it was fun. You you mentioned their alliance with Hendrick Motorsports and how Hendrick engines they have, and it seemed like they run better. And uh, I'll tell you another team I was very impressed with today that has Hendrick Motorsports engines, and that's Chip Ganassi Racing. Chip Ganassi, Mm -hmm. their their team was really fast today. Uh, Larson was very fast, had one of the best race cars all day long until he spent on pit road and could never really work his way back up into the top 10. I think he ended up 12th today. But even Kurt Busch ran really good today. I mean, it, it was... Uh, Kurt was a top five car all day It was kind of surprising to see Because that one car we've always seemed to do in the past Where you look at it and you say Well they're going to run pretty good And then they're going to fade towards the end of the race End up 11th or 12th They didn't do that today Kurt was up there, finished third Was really, really strong So I think both Ganassi cars, Spencer Looked really fast um, And and both JTG cars So that Hendrick Alliance and those Hendrick Motors Can do it Um, What are your thoughts on on the the performance of Ganassi today? And and you have to feel good about Kyle Larson's performance. I mean, I know he's been up here, road, and that's frustrating, but it's a lot better to be relevant and to lead a lot of laps like you did today than basically what you, what you did all last year. So
2: certainly a step in the right direction for Chip Ganassi Racing. Yeah, for sure. They had a strong outing today. As we you know, Kyle Larson led 143 laps. I'm very disappointed on the outcome for sure. But it's good to know that they're, you know, able to run up front and, you know, like you said, they're using Hendrick stuff, and Hendrick was awful today. So that's all uh, obviously a plus. And um, JTG Daugherty also ran good. I tell you what, they're going to be a shocking team. I if they, I know it's only the second race, but they ran good two weeks in a row now. And I know Priest had his accident, but it wouldn't shock me if those two cars made the playoffs if they keep running the way they are. But yeah, uh, I thought it's a good start for both teams, and hopefully they uh, keep that moving forward and. The, all four of those cars can be a threat to the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're somebody to look
0: at, too. Definitely the JTD cars and definitely the Ganassi cars. I mean, Ganassi cars. To me, Larson, uh, he just he performed unbelievably today. I, I just can't get over it. I mean, considering how he ran last year and how much that team struggled and, and Chevrolet struggled, you know, and I think that was another thing where we kind of looked at it and said, well, are the Chevrolet's going to compete? Ford's got the Mustang, and, and Ford hasn't missed a beat. With this Mustang, that's one thing you have to look at I know a lot of people, there was a few people out there Who have been saying all year Basically uh, all off season Well Ford's changing their bodies It could be like what Chevrolet did last year They're not going to be the same team They're going to really go out there and struggle Ford totally, I mean, during the race You didn't even get that vibe today That you, you completely forgot That Ford had changed manufacturers And this was their, or changed models And this was their first race with the Mustang Because that's how good they were we saw Brian uh, Blaney lead for a little bit because last he won the race. Harvick was leading for a little bit. So you completely forgot about, wow, Ford's got a new body, uh, and, and they're not going to compete. Right? You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of Chevrolet and a lot of Toyota people saying, well, watch. let's see the Ford if they don't have the same struggles Toyota or Chevrolet did last year, and they went out there and they really performed today. So I think that's something you look at and you say, well, good for the Ford teams because they didn't miss a beat. They they struggled in qualifying. You looked at all three, their all four of their cars, really qualifying, and you were like, "Boy, what happened?" But when the race came, they really ran strong. They worked their way up. Uh, Unfortunately for Logano and Bellini they both had tire issues that put them off the lead lap. But they were really strong for most of the race, anyway. um, But there's definitely a team I want to dive into that struggled today, guys, and that's Hendrick Motorsports. Fifteenth, seventeenth, nineteenth, and twenty-fifth today. Uh, Alex Bowman finished fifteenth. William Byron was 17th, Chase Elliott was 19th, and Jimmy Johnson, a seven-time champion, with Kevin Mendering as crew chief, 25th. And like I said to somebody on the phone before, it wasn't because he had issues and finished 25th. That's how much they struggled today. Two laps down was not even anywhere close, and he was two laps down early in this race, guys. It wasn't like he had a first, a stage or two that was pretty good. He struggled from the get-go in that Ally Financial Chevrolet a very, very, very alarming afternoon for Hendrick Motorsports. This was a team I think everybody expected. Well, they had a bad year last year Camaro. Okay, they're going to come back and they're going to win a lot of races and we're going to laugh and see. Remember when Hendrick Motorsports stunk? This was, was so bad today, it was alarming, Philip Matthew. I can't even, and I know it's only one race, so you make it too much of one race. I'm sorry. It's not that they just weren't anywhere close to the front. They weren't even anywhere close to the top ten towards the end of that race it was a really in my opinion a really really alarming race for Hendrick Motorsports today
1: yeah I would I would say that when you consider that your customers are using your equipment to a point and running really well which there are your two customers are and and Kyler I mean just a Take a short aside That Kyle Larson. His biggest issue last year was his pit crew in a lot of these races and closing races, and his pit crew did well, and he made a mistake. The reality is they're going to be around all year, and he was the best Chevy most of the year outside of Chase Elliott, Hendrick Motorsports. Um, The fact that Chase Elliott was the only one of the Hendrick cars that was, like, lurking around the top ten, all day and that was early in the days, around tenth, ninth, about the best he was. And then he slowly slipped back and then stuff happened and and I finishing nineteenth at home, a home game for him and he finishes nineteenth. It's not a good look for him. Uh you know, William Byron last year in this race, I think was outside the top twenty five. So for him in his first, you know, won a cookie-cutter race with Jad Knauss, for him, that's an improvement. And then when you consider what Alex Bowman basically is, the fact he ran 15th, that's really what he is. And going all the way back to Junebug, for as much as everyone loves Junebug, the reality is for a lot of the late part of his career, that's about where where he ran. Um, So the big shocker is when you have a guy who's won more races than anybody at that racetrack and in terms of active drivers in Jimmy Johnson and not and not only missing the setup but not being even in the same zip code uh as your own teammates in some cases. That's that's alarming. Uh it's not good. And I and we talk about we've been, we men we talked about Las Vegas about how I'm I'm looking at it, you're looking at it. Clayton, know, the reality is he dominates Las Vegas and he's dominated it in two different forms. Um, Las Vegas is going to be a litmus test for that 48 team and to see what's going to happen. Is it going to be another off year? Is it the start of the decline that everyone, a lot of people, have been waiting for when it comes to the 48? Yeah, uh, you know, so that, that one is the one that's. That was curious to me. I mean, Chase Elliott had a decent run going, and then it kind of went away late, and then all the stuff that happened late in the race probably helped with that. The 24 and the 88 are kind of in their own world. It's more focused on the... When you think about Hendrick, you think about the 9, and you think about the 48. And where they are kind of dictates what's going to happen. And the 48 not being even in in the ballpark today it, it, it shows that maybe this package it plays a role you you could miss the setup and completely be screwed and that used to be the case back in the day you miss the setup mm-hmm. and you were done and especially at atlanta when you have the long green flag runs it could be deadly in that sense and uh it was for him and I guess we'll find out next week where the forty-eight really is. I don't know. It's it could be an anomaly. have right. had bad weeks before, and then he went out the next week and won. So you know anything's possible.
0: Right. Well, here's the thing. I'm, you know, the thing I was even more concerned about is that they were so far off. Again, if this was Jimmy Johnson, he finished 14th today, and you were like, eh, didn't get any stage points. You're like, okay, they didn't have a great day, but it's the first day with the first week with this package. They struggled, but, you know, that wasn't the case today. I mean, they got outrun by David Reagan. I mean, David Reagan passed Jimmy Johnson like he was standing still, and I'm going, what's is there a problem with the 48? What's going on with the 48? Why is David Reagan passing him? Like, it was almost unbelievable because we've seen this team just – and I know it's different now that Chad's gone, but we've seen this team go, yeah, watch this, boom, flip a switch. And even, like, maybe after stage one, you go, okay – they're going to come up, and, yeah, they fell lap down, but you watch, they're going to get a free pass, and they're going to end up making this a decent day. They didn't even do that. They weren't anywhere close, and they never found it at all, Spencer. I'm telling you, if I'm Hendrick Motorsports, and I'm a Hendrick Motorsports fan today, this race really alarms me. I, and, again, I know it's one week, and it's one week with this new rule package that not a lot of people have their arms around yet, but it's one week. But it's it was such a bad week. They, they got a grand total today in full race teams. And Hendrick Motorsports today, Spencer, got a grand total of zero. Zero stage points. That's really, really hard to do. And it looks worse because you sit there and, like Philip alluded to, you have the, the um, you know, with how Larson ran today, the Ganassi cars with their engines, and the ATG cars with your own engines. You know the engines, you know the horsepower's there. It was that you were that far off on your setup. Boy, I thought it was Spencer. It was a really, and I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I just thought it was an unbelievably
2: bad day for Hendrick Motorsports today. I agree. It was terrible. I mean, I texted you and I was like, "They, I don't, I don't know if I misunderstood. They, I don't even think they mentioned Alex Bowman or William Byron today on TV. I think the only reason they mentioned Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott is because of who they are." And they had an onboard camera. I think that's about it. But thank God I'm not a Hendrick Motorsports fan anymore. My driver's retired, and now I'm a Chip Canassi fan with Kyle Larson. So my team's moving in the right direction.
0: What do you guys think about the run um, that Eric Marola had? It was his first pole in, in a long, long time. He was pretty good today. Stuart cars they weren't nearly as dominant as what we saw, you know, it, what was interesting about this race was it wasn't one car just going out there and leaning the kind of laps. Like we've seen in the past, we've seen somebody get out there, and it was nice to see some brief flag passes for the lead as well. Um, you know, we saw a couple of people. I think Larson got somebody on, um, and then somebody got Larson back. We saw them bounce back and forth with the lead. Uh, I thought that was refreshing to see because we it just seemed like with the old package, you could get out, and you got in clean air, and you were gone. I mean, gone. and winning um, Larson. That was kind of nice. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see that, you know, not a ton of um, – not a guy going out there just one driver leading 300 laps and saying, well, they completely dominated today. It was nice to see different people at different times of the race uh, lead laps and, and be the best cars out there. So that was really refreshing. Um, anything else, Philip, that stands out from today uh, of the drivers that you look at today, when you look at the running order, um, anybody that, that you look at and say, well, I'm kind of surprised they finished there or – Let's give a call out to um, who do you think ran pretty good today or who do you think struggled today? Anybody you got on your mind?
1: Well, I, I mean, the pattern that I saw was SHR had four cars in the top ten, which at the end of the day is what, what happened a lot last year, even with Eric Almirola coming in as a new driver. You add Daniel Suarez to a mix, and he struggled early in the day. And to get the uh, get a top ten finish in the forty one cars pretty good in the second race there. And then you consider the Toyotas, meeting JGR, and that they were up there. Uh, I mean, the the what what I what happened is kind of similar to what has what happened last year, in that you know the big three of Harvick, Martin Truex, and and Kyle Busch were there. Basically, the Stuart Haas cars were up there. Basically, so I mean, as much as they changed the the rules and this, a lot of the same things: the arrow issue, the arrow push, crappy Goodyear tires, you know, the clean air, and the same teams kind of came up uh, in terms. That's what I took away. Uh, uh, from the race today, and that that the same teams really stayed there and were up front, and it's I don't think that you, they they keep on trying to change change the game, but in the end, the same teams are going to keep on doing what they have to, what they're going to do. You know, like uh, I mean, other than than uh, I, I'd say Ryan Newman ran up ran a top 10 most of the day, Paul Menard there. Ryan Newman going and finishing 13th with the six car, uh, salvaging the day for them. It was pretty big, Reagan getting a 16th place finish there for front row. He's been talking about how they're making a lot of progress. And it uh, obviously looks like that for him to get a lead lap finish at a, at a cookie cutter racetrack. And I mean, that those are, the few that stand out to me.
2: There's another guy that guys really well. who... I was shocked. Go ahead, Spencer. There was, I thought Matt Benedetto was kind of out the lunch, as we would say. I thought he would have mm-hmm. ran better than 26, you know, being with Toyota and Chip Canassi. I mean, not Chip Canassi, Joe Gibbs Racing. I thought he would have finished a little bit better than 26. That was a little bit shocking to me. Hey, I, it's funny you said that because as soon as, I was going to open my mouth and say, man, from the high that
0: Daytona brought Matt Benedetto, he struggled today a little bit. And, you know, what we have to keep in mind with this team is they're still only, and uh, there's still a brand new team. It's a, it's a brand new alliance, you know, and, and I don't know if it's going to be as strong as what Furnace Grove Racing had with um, with Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, Mike Wheelers is a great crew chief. There's no doubt about that. Benedetto was pretty competitive at times today, Um but he finished twenty-six, and he was a couple laps off the pace. So, I think there was one or two runs that got away from them, and that's that's a team I think that's going to have to. Um, that is what I think separates the bigger teams from the smaller teams. And I've been saying this for a while. You know, I, I'll watch some smaller teams, and I go, "Oh man, this run was pretty good. They're, this run of this race, their lap times were pretty consistent. Their lap times were what the lead, around what the leaders were running. They were pretty good, and then they'd have another run where." They'd be way off. They'd be almost, you know, a second or or seven-tenths of a second off the lead, and you're like, man, what the heck is going on? And that being the same race. And it seemed like the consistency that the leaders had or the top 20 would have, these smaller teams don't have that. I feel like today uh, with Benedetto, it wasn't that he had a bad race entirely. I think he had some good runs, good parts of the race, and I think he had some bad parts of the race. And unfortunately for him the bad part of the race was really, really bad and he was fell lap a couple laps down and could never get the laps back. So I think that hurt him. Another guy I think that struggled today, and I want to I want to say this and uh a couple of guys that ran that that struggled today and it was funny not funny, but it's what makes it more interesting is the fact that Daniel Hemer ran really good. Austin Dillon struggled today, and I know he was saying that and I missed it, so I, I apologize, but something about a um the they brought a the wrong chassis to Atlanta Motor Speedway he was screaming on the radio about that. But uh, I thought Austin Dillon, a guy who um, won a lot of big races, in a couple of big races in his career so far, he struggled, and Bubba Wallace. And not only did he struggle, but I know that three car, for example, and I can't say about Bubba, but I know that three car was blocking Ryan Newman at times in this race when he was multiple laps down. And I'm surprised Ryan Newman. I guess he has a lot of respect for, uh, for Richard Childress. But that three car was blocking Newman. When Newman was on the lead laughing, I'm going, man, he's going to get guilty
1: if he's doing that.
0: He didn't do it, and uh, Newman showed some patience. But uh, those two guys, I think, stood out to me as guys who, Bubba Wallace and uh, Austin Dillon, as drivers who really struggled today, um, just could never really find the handle. They were kind of out the lunch all day today. Um, and and you brought up earlier, Philip, about Ryan Newman. Listen, that's six car, and, and you can say what you want about Stenhouse. I he spent on pit road, not that really did him in. But he ran up okay for most of the day. They had some speed. He finished 18th, was in the lucky dog spot at the end of that race. So they looked like they had speed today. He qualified second. Ryan Newman qualified 13th, which is pretty good for that car compared to where it was a year ago. Finished 13th, was a 10th to 15th place car for most of the day for Ryan Newman. That sixth car looks a lot better this year than it did at this point last year. So um, a couple of interesting points there, Philip, about Richard Childress Racing and Rash Fenway. Um, from today's race.
1: Yeah, I mean, I talked about that earlier about, you know, Austin and, you know, Baba and the rest of the RCR teams outside of Hamrick, who didn't get the finish. He probably deserved that they were all out of it. I mean, they tested really well at at Las Vegas, so I guess we're uh, out of curiosity. Curiosity. We'll see what they do next week. Uh, but yeah, for it, the Austin Dillon's day went went a bleep in a handbasket real quick, and he never really had a chance. And then you go and consider, yeah, that's not sure. Yeah, I mean, and then you go and think about, you know, Bubba. They' there's bigger problems there. And, I mean, the reality is Eric Almirola jumped into a legitimate race car and all of a sudden now he's running. He's he's got a win and he got a pole on Friday and he's running for points in the championship, fifth in the points last year. Uh, Bubba Wallace, that's about where they've been for a while. And that was when they had Ford. That's with the Chevy program. It doesn't really matter. They change a crew chief. There's bigger issues there, and uh, it, it's kind of, you know, there's an, it's the elephant in the room that, you know, that, that team is basically a shell of what it used to be or what it was and many, many years ago, and it's not really that relevant of a team. And, that's, and they're running around where they probably should be running, around these smaller, lesser teams because they don't have the money. To perform, and uh, a, you talk about the Benedetto, the Levine family team doesn't have anywhere near the investment, the money investment that the that Barney Visser had, and hence the kind of run they had. Sure, things could have went wrong, but I mean it's. it what I what is funny is what is something is that the Roush team was out there all day, and that's the first time in a long time you could say that both Roush cars were really up there and competitive. And it's been many years that you could say that that's been the case. It was back to when Edwards was around probably, which was the last time they were really relevant. And so, I mean, that's a good sign for them. But I think it's a... And it also shows with, you know, David Reagan running well. Uh, Michael McDowell had a good day on Friday and it didn't turn out well on today. But so the reality is that group that are kind of working together or making strides like and trying to be there with the Penske and, and SHR cars. Uh, so I mean the overall Ford is looking good, uh, which is good for the overall season.
0: 917, 89280 here, Talking in Circles. We John or Philip Matthew almost did it again, Philip Matthew and uh Spencer Cowan with us tonight here on Talking in Circles. I'm um, going to give a quick rundown of the field and then get one more point from this race we love the Australian Truck Series doubleheader uh, that was on Saturday. But run down the rundown uh, for the Fultz of Honors Trip, Trip 500 from the over Speedway today Brad Keselowski was your winner, Martin Trickster was your second, Kirk was third, fourth was Kevin Harvick. Clint Boyer was fifth, Kyle was sixth, then Eric Jones, Eric Amarola, Chris Pusher, and Daniel Suarez running on the top ten. Denny Hammond, the Daytona 500 champion, was 11th, Kyle Larson, 12th. Ryan Newman, 13th. Paul Menard, 14th. Alex Bowman 15th. David Reagan, 16th. 17th was William Byron. 18th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Chase Elliott was 19th. Daniel Hammer, 20th. Other notables uh, from 20th, on Doc. You yeah, had Austin Dillon the 21st. Ryan Blaney, 22nd. 23rd, Joey Logano, 24th. Jimmy Johnson, uh, Bubba Wallace, mentioned 27th today. Uh, and Michael McDonald, as you mentioned, is, uh qualified 12th. He finished 37th. Ryan Priest also with his accident ending up in a 35th position today here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Spencer Cowan, final words on the uh, Folds of a Quick Chip 500 today. What did you think about the racing and uh, anything
2: else that stood out here that we didn't touch on so far in the recap? No, I think we pretty much touched on everything, but I just like how this package has, you know, so far, it seemed like it created a lot of passing. And like you mentioned, the leaders were able to, you know, green flag passing and, um, you know, like you said, and it wasn't like the same manufacturers were up there fighting. You know, we had Kyle Larson and the Chevy and Harvick and a Ford. They were going back and forth, and uh, it was a little bit mixture. Everybody got a piece of the lead, and I felt like the best car didn't have to be the leader. You know, Ryan Blaney, when he was in clean air, he was hard to get caught. The same with Harvick, the same with the 42. So, clean air is key, and we know that, so I just – you know, it's, mix, it's mixing things up, and it's making it a little bit more exciting, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, and we're going to see really what the package has at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I think today was sort of an outlier because the tires wear so much at Atlanta, but Las Vegas next week is really going to be the, the ultimate uh, test, I think, especially because we went and tested there a couple of weeks ago. Um, not only the cup race this weekend, uh, Triple header Weekend for the first three weeks, to start the NASCAR season, a doubleheader yesterday on Saturday at the Xfinity Series and Truck Series race. It was the Xfinity Series race first. Christopher Bell, and I talk about guys in the Cup Series where nobody really went out and dominated. You could say Larson did. He led a lot of laps today. But I'll tell you this. Somebody dominated the Xfinity Series race, and that was Christopher Bell. Uh, early. He led all about 21 laps on Saturday, dominating, dominating. The 9250 at Atlanta Bush Speedway. Chris, Cole cold was all Brandon Jones, and Tyler Reddick. He's and he's and Austin Cedric ran out top 10 in the series race at Atlanta Bush Freeway. Philip, I'll say this much. Chris, I looked like a man on mission, He looked like a man saying, hey, prove, it, to prove everybody. I belong in an 2020.
1: He went out there and absolutely just put a weapon on the field on Saturday uh, at the North Freeway. Yeah, and I I mean, I think it's a a sign of things to come for this season in general that Chris Bell, uh, he has this habit of you know winning races like this. It doesn't really matter what you put him in. uh, He has a habit of winning, uh, and uh, that's why he's employed by Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs has a real problem in that he can't keep him there uh, after this year, whatever happens. Uh, I, I figure he's going to be a contender for this championship, no problem, uh, the way he was last year. He won seven races. The, the announced booth of Johnson and Harvick mentioned that, yeah, we're probably going to be seeing him on Sundays here soon enough. And then they're talking, to, then that Adam Alexander comes in saying, oh, he, can he break the wins record that Kyle Busch had at? 13 wins, and I'm like, I never, I I don't think about it in that way, but it's like, well, you know, the way Chris Bell ran last year, he won seven, and there's going to be less cup competition, generally speaking, across the season. Uh, There is a possibility. I I don't really think he will. He doesn't have to, frankly, but I think another seven win seasons on the cards, the, Reality, though, is uh, Cole Custer has Mike Shiplett, who was a 42 crew chief, and it didn't matter who they put in the 42 car last year. They were, I think, they had three different drivers. They all won, and uh, right. Shiplett was a big loss. By, I mean, there are certain things about Chip Ganassi that I'll question, and one is why he didn't get a new pit crew for Kyle Larson. But this is a close, this is a close second. Is not keeping Mike Shiplett and putting him on the box. Um, in the Cup Series, when he and Larson have this great chemistry, and it seemed like every time he jumped into that Xfinity car, he'd be so fast and he'd be able to win. And his loss is a gain of Stuart Haas and for Cole Custer and the t- the three guys that are most likely the three biggest uh you know the three biggest threats to Tyler Reddick's uh, championship. Uh, Defense are those three guys, and they finish. Are are Bell, Custer, and Allgaier, and they finish in the top three. And then they're surrounded by the other Gibbs guys. Jeffrey Earnhardt got a great finish. He's not going to be in the car for a while, but, but a sixth place finish, and he was a factor uh, out out there uh, all day. I mean, you see the same, and it's kind of the same pattern here. You have the the Gibbs guys, and then the Stuart Haas guys. Briscoe had a penalty and the entire issue, and that's why he ended up finishing a lap down. But you see the GARM guys, Joe Gibbs Racing, Stuart Haas, and then Penske, and that's basically what you have there. You have a couple of guys snuck in there, the Ryan Sears right. and some Brandon Browns and Ross Chastain's of the world. Uh, I mean, but that's really what – it's a similar pattern – and those the top five that we had for the most part. I mean, Brandon Jones maybe is the outlier. Those are the guys that you're gonna have to contend with. Those those are the people that once we get to Homestead, most likely out of they're gonna be there. And uh, so, but Christopher Bell putting a woodshed whipping on people. He's been doing that in any vehicle he's been driving for a long time. So it's not shocking to me. Um, I think once Shiplett and Cole Custer kind of figure things out and figure each other out, though, they're going to have their hands full, and it's going to be a great battle between those two teams. Right.
0: Um, 11th was Ryan C. Michael Annette finished 12th, 13th. Brandon Brown, Ross Chastain, 14th. Chase Briscoe, you mentioned, had some issues there at the end. He finished 15th. Greg Alding, 16th. Gareth Smithley, 17th. 18th was Jeremy Clements. Alex today was nineteenth, and John Hunter Nemechek ended up twentieth. Spencer, how about you? Did you watch? uh, You pull up anything from the Xfinity Series race that you look at and say you were kind of surprised about? And uh, what what were your
2: thoughts on the Xfinity Series race on Saturday? You know, I always liked watching Xfinity Series racing, and what a shocker! The twenty cars Mm -hmm. back in victory lane. Um, I mean. The kid is unbelievable. I mean, it's kind of like it's getting like Kyle Busch. When he's in the field, you might as well just pull over and give him the trophy. Um, there's only a few guys that are able to run with him each week, I feel like. You know, uh, Al Geyer. Sadler was able to run with him last year, but, I mean, it's the Christopher Bell show when he's in the Xfinity race, and which is every weekend. So, um, I, I mean, I thought it was – Okay, racing it wasn't exciting as today's race. Uh, I don't feel like, but, well, he's gonna be, the kid we're gonna be saying he won the race to the today for all year and he's definitely gonna be, probably the champion. I mean, let's be honest here. But other than that, no nothing much. I thought it was just uh, another Xfinity Series race. Nine one
0: seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero here talking in circles. Clayton Caudle with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan. That's the number to join the show, like Lee in Virginia. Hello, Lee. What do you want to talk about tonight? Hi, I just wanted to get uh, talk about that race today. Um, I thought it was a pretty good race. Uh, definitely different than what we've seen. I think um, especially in the further parts back of the field, there was a lot more racing. Uh, you couldn't get away as far. Yeah, the leaders still had a fast race car, and but I think the people that are upset with Truex not being able to get around, at the uh Keslowski there at the end have to understand he probably wouldn't have been able to catch him last year so um, I think overall uh, it was a step in the right direction and uh, we'll see what we what we can get when we go to Vegas next week yeah good good points about the the Cup Series race for sure we just looked on the Xfinity Series racely I want to get your opinion on this uh, before I, I take it around to Spencer and uh, Philip. Um, Christopher Bell went out and dominated. There's no doubt about this. This kid is, I think everybody agrees, he's probably in the Xfinity Series a year too long. He could have went to the Cup Series and absolutely
2: uh,
0: won some races have been very competitive this year. Um, but we've talked about it at length, and we're going to talk about it at length this year. It's fun to speculate. What, what is this or 2020 season going to look like? Uh, it's hard to move Denny Hamlin now, but defending a 2500 champion out of a ride, the other three guys at Joe Racing aren't going anywhere. I down be thrilled taking a ride over there um, at Levine Family. You know, and even when – I was even thinking about other rides, like Team Penske, they're kind of full over there. Uh, Stuart Haas, Harvard's not going anywhere. And the other three guys kind of sort of just got there. Um, so you kind of look at it and you say there's not a whole ton of movement you can make. I don't think you would go to Roush. Um, well, you know, maybe – where where do you think Bell could go? That I've been talking about the one for a while with with Kurt Busch, but that's only speculation because there's talk he might retire, but who knows? Maybe uh, Ross Chastain goes to that car, but where do you see him go? I mean, there's so there's so much we could talk about, and I'm sure somebody's going to move somebody to put him in a ride, but who do you think that will be? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Boyer's contract's up at the end of the year, and I like Clint. I was I was pleased with the year that he had last year, but nothing for nothing that they're not full sponsorship on that 14 car gotta wonder you know what their plans are for 2020 um and you know clint i thought had a very disappointing end of the season last year a team that ran pretty strong towards the end of the year just towards the middle part of the year just didn't finish races at the end of the year and i was i was a little puzzled this year when daniel suarez took over the 41 car and Billy Scott remained a crew chief at the the 41 rather than going to Clint Boyer where he worked with at Michael Waltrip Racing, made the playoffs in a year where, you know, MWO was closing down. Billy Scott was the crew chief over there, and they still made the playoffs in the 15 car with Clint Boyer. And and I thought that would be the change, and then I started thinking about it. Maybe they don't see really a future after 2019. Maybe they're up in the air about Clint Boyer, and maybe that's why they didn't make the move. Um, And if that's the case, that could be a landing spot for Bell. Uh, he's a good young driver. I know Cole Custer's waiting in the wings, and I know Chase Briscoe is waiting in the wings, but uh, I I think Cole Custer uh, hasn't proven that, that he's a guy that can run in the Cup Series yet, and they're taking their time with him, and he's got the sponsorship thing as well. There's no sponsor behind him. If they could get a sponsor behind him, like maybe Jacobs Companies finally might have some money behind him. If they can get a, a sponsor behind him from him, Winning and running up front the Xfinity, okay, then maybe you can move up to the Cup Series. Uh, Briscoe, I think, still has a couple more years left to go. But you got to really – take I think teams are starting to be a little reluctant to take these young drivers cup racing right away. I, I know Hendrick did it with Byron, but uh, a lot of these younger drivers now, I think people are looking at him saying, you know what, rather than hiring a young kid, let's get a guy who's a little bit more mature. You look at the rookies this season. Hemrick's 28. Priest is 28. Uh so and Tift is with a small team, he's not with a big team. So I think they're they're getting reluctant to move these kids up real quickly knowing that they need to mature more. Uh it might take something a little bit more who who somebody who's had a little bit more success like Bell and put him in the fourteen rather than Custer. I know Joe Custer's the guy there and, and his kid's next in line, but he'll always be there. And if he doesn't win as, have as much success as Bell does, I could see that happening absolutely. Very interesting. How about you, Spencer? Uh, We know Chris Bell's future is going to be the cup.
2: Do you have any idea where he could run next year? No, not really. I mean, it's too early to tell, kind of. But, I mean, the obvious thing would be if Toyota was smart, they would keep him. But yeah. do you really think Denny Hamlin's going to go anywhere now after – I mean, I know he just won the Daytona 500, and if he only – I mean, he's only won two races in the past three years, if I'm not mistaken, the Southern 500 and the Daytona 500, and now this year, another Daytona 500. So, I mean, the Daytona 500 is a big race to win. Do you really think Joe – I mean, will Joe actually take the 11, uh, Hamlin out of the car after he just won the Daytona 500? But, I mean, like we all, all four of us agree, Bill's obviously ready for the Cup Series, but the it, I think it's too early to tell. I mean, I really think Toyota wants to keep him, but if there's no room, then what are they going to do, just keep him in the Xfinity Series? No, that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to bark up some money and get the kid in a different manufacturer.
0: How about you, Philip, the final thought on this whole Chris Rebell 2019 ordeal? Um, like I said, you know, if you don't, you know, if you think Stuart Haas isn't making a move, which is, I guess, it's a decent possibility. I don't see that happening. Um, you know, could you see an opportunity like maybe a Hendrick Motorsports say, "Alex Bowman it has been wonderful, but we got Christopher Bell. We want to put him in the 88." Thanks for playing. Uh, what, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this whole Bell situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, we made a, a good point, and it it goes, and you can extend it out. The point is, it's Stuart Haas Racing. And it's Tony Stewart. And who does Tony Stewart uh, gravitate or who, where does Tony Stewart come from? He comes from midgets, sprint cars, and all that. Who does he rate, you know, as really good, legitimate uh, talent? He talked, about, he talked about Kyle Larson on the Dale Jr. download. But then who does Kyle Larson seemingly always seem to run with every time he's in a midget? It's freaking Chris Bell. If you put Chris Bell on a 4'10 sprinter, he's always running. So the the point is there's there's something there, and I do give it – it's the same way as there's something with Larson. And the, I don't think Tony will be done or be happy until he has one or both of those guys in his race cars. And I do think Chase Briscoe is part of his future – as well, because he's another USAC guy who has shown the talent and ability in a stock car. And I think those three guys, at some point, one or two, or all three of them will be in a stewart House racing car. The, the only person that has a free, free reign is Kevin Harvick. Whenever he wants to quit, he's going to go up in the Fox booth and call races anyways. So he already has his job ready. It's just when. You know, he was mentioning about on on Twitter because his son was sad that, you know, what we're about to talk about in a second here. Uh, Ron Hornaday lost his record, and then it got him thinking about bringing his team back. But who knows if that's going to happen. That's many years down the road. But other than Kevin Arvik, I don't think – I mean, and Eric Almirola has a sponsorship, so obviously that dictates him kind of being there. But he's proven – to be a really good, solid driver. Uh, But that 41 car, is tenuous sponsorship, in a sense. The 14 car has not really had funding. Uh, They really didn't even have funding at the end of Tony's time, even with Mobile One, and most of his funding moved over either to Martin Truex or to Kevin Harvick. So, I mean, Chris Bell going there is an option. I think the one car is an option. If Kurt Busch decides to call quits at the end of the year, the option to talk about with Hendrick, I mean, he to go and pass on a kind of talent like that if he could really get him. I mean, he's gotten rid of. I mean, this is the same Rick Hendrick that's gotten rid of Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski. So for trinket sellers, right. so I mean, there's and Chase Elliott. You know, God love him and everybody, all his nation and all that. He's there as much as anything because of his name and because he's a trinket seller. Um, the fact he's won races justifies his seat and all that. But, you know, the the point is he's going to have a job, uh, and there's going to be a bidding war, and he's been a Toyota guy for a long time. And Joe Gibbs priced Barney Visser out the door and ran him out the sport, and now he has probably one of the best, if not the best, young talent that's come along in a long time, and he doesn't have a seat for him. So now he gets to go. That's a fair point. And, and now you have to figure out where you're going to put them. Uh, I mean, uh, they weren't able to keep Eric Jones, and he ran Matt Kenseth out the door to keep Eric Jones in the Cup Series, um, justifying it because of, of a contract. But this is where it's, now we're going to see about how the the restrictive nature of how these teams and how many teams that exist, It's this is where it's going to come to a head. When a guy like Christopher Bell – is going to have a legitimate problem finding a cup ride because there aren't enough competitive seats available. And I think that's a real sign of trouble uh, with this series when somebody like him is going to have an issue finding a cup ride. Uh, I don't think we'll find out in the issue. next I think somebody
0: will... Yeah, somebody's going to move somebody for him. But I do I understand your point because I think it'll be at somebody else's expense for sure. Maybe Ross Chastain's expense. Who knows? 917-889-8280, talking circles, Clayton Caldwell, Philip Matthew, and uh, Spencer Cowan here. We also got Lee Virginia on the phone. Uh, talk, I want to talk to him about the truck race here a little bit later, too. But truck race, ultimate tailgating 200, Kyle Busch was your winner, Johnny Sauter second, Brennan Finger third. It was Brett Moffat, Ben Rhodes, Ross Chastain sixth, another great run for him, third and sixth in his two-truck race position. Unbelievable. Austin Hill seventh, Harrison Burton eighth, Todd Gilland, ninth, and Timothy Peters Two top 10s for him as well at the Nice Motorsports team. He finished in the 10th spot. Kyle Bush becomes the all-time winningest truck series driver in history, Spencer Callen, um, goes out there and and um, breaks Ron Hornaday's record, did it in pretty dominating fashion. He started seventh because of the rain, and it took him, oh, I don't know, three or four laps to get to the front. But when he did, it was uh, it was pretty much game on from there because Busch was, was the dominant
2: truck of the night. Yeah, he was. Uh, I texted you. I, here's the problem. I do not understand how – I mean, there's guys and just as good as equipment, and he passes them like he they're tied to a tree. It's incredible. I was texting you as soon as it happened, and like you said, in a matter of no time, he's to the lead. And if you haven't respected what Kyle Busch has been able to do for the sport, then you might as well stop watching. I mean, he just passed the Hall of Famers record. And Ron Hornaday, and there's no doubt about it, Kyle Bush is also a Hall of Famer when his time's up. But it's it's mind-boggling how he can just fly by everybody and just leave the pack. I mean, he just is that good. He understands where to run these racetracks. And to me, in my eyes, I don't think he uses the brake pedal, if you ask me. But uh incredible driver, and he's had a phenomenal career so far. And there's definitely more wins coming in his career, as we all know. For sure, uh,
0: he just every time he goes to the truck series, he's certainly a a, a guy to look at and to say, hey, um, he can win. There's no doubt about it. Just that. go ahead and give uh, me the trophy, basically. Pretty much, Lee. Before I let you go here, I want to get your opinion. You talked, uh, we talked off there earlier about um, the, the performance from uh, ThorSport Racing. Their four trucks, Johnny Sauter was second and was Grenadier third. He also had uh, Ben Rhodes in fifth. He led 20 laps and uh, we saw some good stuff from Matt Crafton before he ended up 14th. Do you think this is about the time where it seemed like last year ThorSport struggled with the transition to Ford? They bring Johnny Sauter in there. Uh, do you think this is a, a turning point here for ThorSport Racing where we're going to see them have a lot of good runs this year? Yeah, I mean, it, it's only one race, and it's Atlanta, but they made the transition to Ford last year and I think, mid-January, right before the season started, so... They were behind from the start there. We're running four trucks. But I think the thing that's really going to be underestimated with this team is is the difference Johnny Sauter is going to make now. I mean, they're bringing in another veteran guy here, another champion, along with Matt Crafton, who won two championships, uh, and bringing in Johnny. And Johnny is a great wheel man. Johnny is a hard-nosed. Johnny is, you know, one thing about Johnny, he's a freaking racer, and he don't give a damn about anything else but going fast and getting in that race car. He doesn't care if he's liked. He doesn't care if he's politically correct. He just wants to get in a race car and drive and, and win, and that's all he cares about, and I, I really appreciate that. As an old-school fan, I think there should be – I think a lot of old-school people appreciate that about him, and I think he knows how to make these trucks faster, so I think uh, bringing him in has, has really made helped that team turn a corner. Now, we'll see what they look like when they head to Las Vegas next week, but week one on a real race here outside of Daytona, uh, they look pretty good at, at Atlanta Motor Speedway in a, in a series that runs on a lot of intermediates. For sure. And Lee, thanks so much for calling. Uh, please call in every every night when you can. Uh, you always add to the show. I appreciate it. And that was Lee in Virginia. Uh, but, yeah, I was impressed by Thor Sports. There's no doubt about that. They were so strong yesterday, Phillip, Um, at times where uh, it looked like Saur was really the only person that could really kind of really accomplish at least stay close to him. But uh, is there anything else that stood out to you, even deeper in the field, um, in the truck series, that stood out to you that about um, this truck series race on Saturday night? What, what stood out to you, and, and what do you think is going to happen? I mean, this series, I'm not in love with them going out to Las Vegas next week. I'm not going to lie, because I just think the, field, the car counts could be really, really low. But what stood out to you um, from Saturday night, at Atlanta Motors be there for the truck series?
1: Yeah, I mean, what Lee mentioned about Thor I mean, Ford coming and actually helping them out more this year okay. is something that hasn't been mentioned a lot. Uh, solder coming in to basically re- replace uh, what's his name, uh, Myatt Snyder. That's a that's an, a that's a, a major upgrade. Um, Grant Enfinger has been a solid driver for a long time. Won that Arca Championship a few years ago, and since then's been on the upswing and has been a really strong solid driver. I think he's a defending winner at Vegas. So. He's going over to Vegas next week with his defending winner of that race, I believe, or he won one of these two years or one of two years. Uh, But I think the Nice Motorsports team of, you know, Chastain and Timothy Peters, having the kind of runs they've had the first two weeks of the season, of course, Chastain isn't running for points, so it's not as big of a deal to him. But whoever is going to drive in that truck, that truck's been competitive, and Timothy Peters is a solid one of those drivers that has ran for a long time and now he has a full-time ride again, hopefully, and guy who got close to championship and got close to a championship a couple times when he ran that 17 truck with Tom DeLoach and didn't work out. I, that's that's one that is pretty pretty good. Uh, that's a really good story. I mean, there aren't if we, if we really go and flesh out how many competitive trucks there are in this series. Uh, the, the fact that Nice Motorsports has made the kind of step up that they've made, it it could bode well. It could bode uh, well enough that they could possibly make a playoff run, uh, definitely a top 10 or 12 finish in the points if one of those trucks actually goes and makes it, runs the full year. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I was surprised at how poor, I mean, Gilland ended up getting a ninth-place finish. There was a huge wreck late in the race, which kind of assisted in that. But he wasn't anywhere. I think Harrison Burton was up there most of the day and didn't get the kind of finish that he was looking for. Uh, when you look at the long game of this season and those two drivers being contenders for the championship, I think Harrison Burton's gotten a little better of a start. And uh, Austin Hill, after winning last week, home game for him, did well, 7th place finish, so keeping that momentum for a Tory racing. Uh, I to give credit to Tyler Dipple on that 0-2 truck, that team is punching above its weight. You know, they're a team that's a uh, smaller effort, getting uh, just outside the top 10 finished there, he's inexperienced, relatively inexperienced, and getting 11th place finish there at a cookie-cutter track, Gustine in 15th. And then uh, Anthony Alfredo who ran pretty well earlier in the day, didn't get the finish he deserved, 17th in the DGR Crosley truck. He's, he's a future uh, star, um, former NASCAR Next driver uh, those. Those are just a few of the guys that I would say I mean well, I guess after Vegas, they're gonna have that basically three or four weeks off, three weeks off people will be able yeah, and they'll be able to settle instead of it being like six weeks off, they decided to go and put the schedule go and tighten the schedule up a little bit. I mean they'll probably have a gap later in the year where it's in that sense, they actually fixed the real glaring problem, but We'll see what happens in terms of the truck count next week. Yeah, it's going to be
0: interesting. And, and Chastain's unbelievable, Spencer. You're absolutely correct. on I mean, it. He's, he's just – That dude's phenomenal. That, like, it's a shame he's not running for truck series points. I mean, he's going to do it in the Xfinity Series. He's ninth in points right now in the Xfinity Series. I don't even know where he'd be in the truck series points, but he'd be in the top three, a third, and a sixth. And then you got Timothy Peters, who, who Philip mentioned, who is uh, – he's just a professional. I mean, I don't know what else to say. He's just an unbelievable professional. He does such a good job in everything he's in. Um, I, From what I recall, and I'm not 100% sure about this, I might be wrong on this, but I don't think Peters is there for the whole year. I think it's only the first three he signed on for, and my guess is I mean, maybe knuckleheads not to put him in for Martinsville because he's so good there. So I think he's probably going to run Martinsville too, but I think it's up in the air after that. But you're right, Philip. He could get in the playoffs, how he's been running in. Give me some motorsports some credit there for hiring Chastain. And put it, And they had Chastain in that truck last year. They had him in that truck, the 38 truck a little bit last year. But they had also Wayne Self and, um, oh, my goodness, I can't remember the person's name, Justin uh, Haley or, or something to that nature. And they, they struggled last year. Um, they struggled badly in the truck series last year at times. They got an association with um, – Justin Fontaine, it was in that truck last year. They didn't have two top yeah, Justin Fontaine, Fontaine. Yeah, yeah, they they struggled badly in that in that truck last uh, that time. So it was kind of a, you sat there and you went, you know, not a, not a great um, start to the, not a great, you know, it almost looked like you were kind of curious on what this team was going to do because Fontaine left. He really didn't want to run anymore. That was NASCAR kind of got done with it. And went himself said, I, I think I can do better with my own team. But here's Kees Motorsports now. Instead of they could have closed up shop and been like, you know what, we're done. They're focusing on two tr- trucks. They have Chastain. They know he's very talented. And they said, you know what, let's see where we are and hire Timothy Peters tens to start the year. And man, I'd love to see Peters go out there in that truck. And I, I, Peters wasn't. I don't think he got too many stage points. He wasn't out there beating people's brains in and, and doing absolutely a tremendous run. But he did just enough to get a top ten finish. Now, that team's still got a lot to learn. I'm sure there's a lot of info going in there, and Peter's is saying, well, here's what we need to do, and that's, the, that's the, um, another benefit of having a wonderful veteran in that truck to, for the feedback. It's just unbelievable, especially somebody who's run a lot in the truck series and won a lot in the truck series. I think that's huge. Um, so we'll see what that team is here in a couple of weeks and if Peters can put that together. But give me some of credit here as the year goes on as well. I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles tonight. Uh, I want to thank Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan. A great job by both of you guys tonight. And, of course, Lee and Virginia for the call. It was great. We'll see you next time here on Talking in Circles. Good night, everybody.